0: You can only ever be where you are right now. Boldojo Podcast. If the major investment in your life, right? The journey will always be your journey. Yo, what up, people? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Boldojo Podcast, episode 84. We have my man, Hartley Conboy, aka Roy. Now, this tasty episode is brought to you by Boldojo.com, where you guys can pick up my ebook, Crash Course to Kick Ass Day Game, get your day game sorted. Uh, you can book one on one Skype coaching, ongoing packages, and Within, and also book in for those deep. Immersive Boot Camps. Now in this episode, I sit down with probably my best friend of all time. I don't like to rank friends, but it's definitely my longest friend of all time. Someone that I've known since I was about eight years old, joined at the hip. We've done so much together and we've had very different journeys and very different lives, but at the same time, we're so connected. And in this conversation, we haven't sat down and had a conversation like this in years and years. And I really tried to elicit as much as I could out of him while still trying to be his mate at the same time you know i try not to be too interviewee but try to keep it chill at the same time so roy spent four years in the infantry the australian defense force army and there's so many lessons to be derived from that he's a travel monger he's an absolute nomad when it comes to that he loves asian women like i do as well so we vibe we vibe with the tokyo juice on the teens baby so go ahead and enjoy this episode and i'll catch you guys at the end <gasps> Roy, my man what's up it's we- good to be here we've got a lot of explaining to do yeah hi internet uh, there you go. YouTube podcast. Welcome to uh, possibly one of the most awaited podos, at least for myself personally. It's been a long time in the making. Because it's been a long time. I just called him Roy. Yeah. Uh, I just called you Which Roy. I hate
1: I hate that nickname, but it's just stuck with me
0: for quite a while now.
1: So you just going to embrace it.
0: And we're going to get the backstory to that. Now on this potto, for every time a first guest comes on, yeah, I'm sure you're going to be a long time runner for sure. <clears> uh, <throat> I want to give you guys the opportunity just to explain yourself first. Give the audience an idea of, you know, what you're about, uh, whatever you think they need to know about you. Yeah. But just before we do, <coughs> we will explain that his name is not actually Roy, and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But yeah, first off, man, just let the people know.
1: What you're yeah, doing. Uh, I'm Hartley. I'm 25 years old. Um, I'm originally from Adelaide. Um, I love to travel. Um, it's probably the most thing I like. Uh, the best thing in my life. I like to do. Uh, I like poker, sports. Um, different cultures, food. I guess that comes into traveling. Um, yeah, I've known Adam for a long time now. Um, yeah th- he was in year three, I was in year four. Uh, I don't, need, I don't know, don't even know how many years now. It'd be coming out to fifteen years now. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And so let's explain, Roy. Yeah. Do you know the full backstory, or do you want me to explain?
1: I uh, used to, well, my surname's Conboy, and used to call me Conroy. I don't know where that. In, in Australia, we have so much slang, so I guess it just came out, but yeah.
0: Yeah, it doesn't even yeah, make yeah. actual sense, but <laughs> the reason why I said we have so much explaining to do right here from the beginning, because there's two major things with you <clears throat> that I feel like everyone's going to get tremendous value from. Number one, your experience in the army, Yeah, and even like, there's so much to dive in from there, but what it was like, I don't think we've ever really talked about what it was like for us yeah. when you went off to the army, so yeah, there's yeah. going to be some shit that goes down here. Yeah, yeah. And also are traveling because you're probably mm. the most well-traveled person I know. Yeah. Next to myself and maybe two or three other people. It's a good title to have. You've I probably been, yeah. <laughs> so that's, we're going to get all of that into it. But we, the reason why I say we have to explain things first is mm. because of Roy, for long-time listeners of this pod, <coughs> they have heard your name so many times. He is the man. There, this is the man right there, here. <laughs> there are entire podcasts. I think I have an entire podcast called... um how to be the best wingman or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That Potter was pretty much based on you. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> so oh, we're on a we're on a different wavelength though. we have been since yeah, we've yeah. known each other since we were yeah. coming out of the womb almost. Mm. So yeah, Roy, for those not the actual name, but it's because his last name's Conboy. And so I just started mm. calling him Con Roy and then I just showed it to Roy. Now I call him Ra. Yeah. It it, just,
1: the spelling's ridiculous now. Yeah. R-A-R-A-H. All R-A, right. Yeah. It just got out, it got out of hand.
0: Yeah. So let's kick things off with your experience. In the army and like track, mm. track me right back to the decision making to even want to go into the army. And yeah. then I'm sure we'll dive in from, from there.
1: Yeah. Well, um, I first interest me when I was a kid, probably when I was about 10, 11. Um, I remember being in, I remember being in year seven at Burnside. Um, and I, I hated school, absolutely hated it. I hated, um, this is kind of ironic, I hated being controlled. However, being in the army, you're getting controlled all the time. Mm. But we had Miss around my teacher, and she said to me, <laughs> what do you want to be when you're on? I said, I want to be a soldier. And then I, I still remember that she goes, uh, you can't be a soldier if you can't follow simple instructions. <laughs> and it's just stuck with me for a long time. Even going through boot camp and just when you're in the locker, I just have flashbacks to Miss Orell going saying, if you can't, that, that exact quote I just said, Mm. Um, so yeah, something I always wanted to do for a long time. We had the Royal Adelaide show down here in Adelaide and they had like a, uh, ADF, uh, Australian defense force stand there. And they, they talk about how good the army is and the air force and the Navy and all that. Mm. Uh, And I I remember being in a tank. I was like, this is fucking really cool. Um, and I'm a very physical person. Um, study was never, never really an option. I didn't want to go to uni. And there's a lot of people, you know, throughout high school that go, that go do uni and stuff. Um, there was even some people doing courses that they didn't really want to do. They were just doing it because a friend would doing it. And then they'll chop and change halfway through. And Truth. it was just some getting a huge hex debt. There's a lot of positives to uni as well, pros and cons to everything. But um it Just wasn't for you. Yeah, it just wasn't for me. So yeah. I joined up in 2012. It took me a while to get in. It took me it took me about nine, from what I recall, nine, ten months to get in. So I joined when I was 18. Mm. Um, Afghanistan was kicking off and uh, Iraq had finished at that stage, yeah. Um, so recruiting in terms of the government wasn't a huge priority, so it took me a long time to get in. Uh, I was grinding away at good old Rivers, which oh, you hooked me up with. Shout out to Rivers, yeah. the first ever our workplace. Yeah. For, um, you
0: worked at a few places before that, though. I worked at
1: Maya, yeah. Maya Menswear, uh, even Santa's Magic Cave, which was uh, sounds CDS-like. It was good. Yeah, <laughs> it's good. Good memories. So I was only sixteen when I did that. But Rivers was a really good job. You hooked me up with that. Mm. Um, and then we got new management stuff and kind of went downhill from there. Yeah. Uh, I was kind of doing that just to get some money. Um, wasn't getting paid ma- paid much at that age, but it was at that age, having money was a big thing. Oh, yeah, you know? for sure. Um, so, yeah, I went to Kapuka um, in 2012, April. And for those who don't know what Kapuka yeah. is? So, Kapuka's is essentially, I guess you could call it boot camp. Mm. um so you do that for three months um which was which fucked i absolutely hated it because I, mean, I was used to mom mom doing everything for me mum and dad doing everything making your bed everything you know so going there was a huge uh, i guess you could say culture shock mm. uh, very intimidating as well like you go there and you, you've got your four uh, section commanders and you've got an officer and a lot of them had come back from the middle east and mm. and
0: just hard people
1: yeah like and you got treated like just a just a piece of shit. But yeah, yeah, it was was quite horrible. What was
0: day one like? Explain getting off the bus.
1: Um, Yeah. Well, I remember we flew to Melbourne um, and then we had to stay in Melbourne overnight uh, to get the bus from Melbourne to Wagga Wagga, which is where Kapooka is. Mm. And I remember this corporal and he he came on, we're all like laughing and getting to know each other on the bus because they're on the bus with uh, 30, 40 other people. Mm. And our platoon was all all men. Uh, Most of it was infantry. Um, similar guys to you like just young guys coming all, in all types of people yeah. from different backgrounds you know the, uh, just completely different backgrounds um, but the infantry most of us try to keep this a little bit yeah 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 just most of us know. were infantry so what you think the army is mm-hmm. so in the army you have many professions you have you know cook uh, uh, logistics uh, accountant mm-hmm. um, so I was in the infantry what do what, what you think the army is and, and probably I know this is very biased but probably the most important role in the um, the army Mm-hmm. um yeah i remember we in when we were in melbourne we had this corporal and he came under the bus and he's like you're not fucking civilians anymore oh. and he just yeah it was real re- 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 real scary he's like if i catch any of you's near the hotel pool or out of your rooms after 10 o'clock at night there'll be disciplinary action and everyone was kind of like fuck like this is it. this is the real deal went to kapuka uh rolled in Got a huge lecture from the from the sergeant there and all that. It was really scary. I felt like I was I've never I've never been to prison, but it just felt like like fuck, this is intense. Wow. Um, but I knew I knew and I remember you because you, you you knew someone that had been through Kabuka and you said they're just trying to break you. Mm. Um and at that age I was very strongly motivated and I was like, This this would be really awesome if I could get through
0: it, but it was And you were nineteen? 20. I just
1: turned 19. 19. I just turned 19. Yeah, when yeah. I went through. Because yeah. I
0: remember that night. Yeah. You left the night after your birthday night. Yeah. Uh, went, the 30th. So it was nine days after. Yeah. That. I mean, like the celebration night because we went out, all the lads. Yeah. I remember that night very well. Yeah. I remember rocking up to your house because I didn't actually go mm. out with you guys that night. Yeah. And you have photos as well. I do, yeah. Where everyone's standing around in the kitchen. There's yeah. vodka bottles. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know why I wasn't going out that night. Yeah. But it was the last night before you left mm. and uh, you know it's i don't want to i don't want things to get too sappy yet yeah. cuz there's so much we want to get onto but you have no idea how sad i was really we never really talked about this but yeah, i was uh, i remember walking home that night when mm. you guys left to go out to the bus cuz i walked you out
1: end of the street yeah end of the street yep yeah
0: and uh, I i thought shit it didn't really hit me mm. cuz you know like yeah it'd be like a 9 10 month process <clears throat> if you getting select selected or whatever or getting all accepted. the paperwork and shit yeah, yeah all that shit it's, it's a process yeah so it's like it's a slow burn but yeah. then when it actually hits you that oh your best mates actually going away for the next four years mm. and he's going into this completely foreign environment that we've yeah. watched movies of ever since we were like yeah, yeah yeah seven years old yeah i was really sad walking home that night i just yeah. remember that really intensely anyways continue so you get into your boot camp actually share that story of two weeks in when you called me
1: uh, yeah well we'll just go back like adam and me were joined at the hip as kids like we yeah. did everything together like we're talking after school he isn't a year below me by the way mm-hmm. his brother lucas is in the same year but we joined at the hip we hanged out all the time um, and it was a huge shock like leaving not just to go to the army but leaving everything behind like leaving my parents mm-hmm. like even even the thought of being away from my i'm not a mummy's boy or anything but being away for your family for more than a if anything, you're years. the opposite. Essentially years, yeah.
0: You're the complete opposite of a mummy's boy.
1: Yeah. 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 So I um, ended up leaving all my friends behind, um, everything. Um, it's, it was very scary. And I remember because my mum was kind of pushing me, not, not something I didn't want to do, but she was like, because I was sitting at home playing Call of Duty every day. And my mum yep. was like, you know, trying to uh, kick me in the ass, you know, to get on with, get on with it, get on with life. Mm. and i remember the, the the day leaving i had my suit on and everything and my bag And i remember my mom standing in the living room she goes Hartley, if you don't want to go we can just we don't have to go we can just stay She's here wow and i remember pausing there going like actually contemplating like just staying there because it's so easy to just put the bag down take take the suit off and just go watch tv or something mm. but i was like i was like not nah, got to do it i've i've so it's been a nine-month process, you know. I've come this far, mm-hmm. and I went on with it. I remember going to the Naylor Nail- house in the city What's on Pulteney Street. It's like where, where we went to, you know, leave. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I remember getting put in a car and uh, like a really nice car, getting put in a car, um, and just looking back. It was like something like a movie, and seeing my parents standing there. My mum was crying, which was really rare because I never seen my mum cry. Wow. Which was yeah, which was pretty full on. Anyway, yeah, back to Kapuka. Mm. So, Kapuka, um, it was just, I thought it would be like physically hard, like you're getting pumped every day, Mm. but they kind of eased us into it, which was disappointing because I'm a very physical person. Mm. Um, So, each day we'd be doing like a a really light jog. And I was really, I was actually kind of disappointed because I trained so hard, you know, prior to going to Kapuka. Mm. Um, And even I remember doing push ups in my room and a corporal like walking past the room. And as soon as a corporal would come into the room, you'd have to stand fast. So you'd oh, have right. to like come to attention. Hmm. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing private convoy? You can't be doing push-ups in your room. It's a, It goes against oh because you need to have a, per, a PT, a personal oh. trainer watching you do
0: push-ups." So here comes the red tape. There's what uh, you what you've talked about with me a lot about what you didn't like about the army.
1: Yeah, well, the army's changed over the years. I sound like an old man, but it's very PC now and it's very diverse and mm-hmm. even there's even a new thing out on the internet you would have seen. I don't know if you've seen it, like all these female singing like we wear our medals on our lap. No. it's extremely PC now. Um anyway, I keep going off into little ta- tangents tangent. Go- yeah, yeah, no. But yeah, it's um, yeah, fascinating. Kapuka was brutal. I absolutely hated it. Um <clears throat> Just shit like uh, doing hospital corners on your bed, like not getting the fold correctly. And I remember coming back from the mess. The mess is like the cafeteria. Mm. And my my mattress was just hanging out the the window because I didn't do a hospital corner. Jesus. Yeah. um, That's rough. Shit like that. I remember we got down to six minutes. We had to be uh, clean shaven, um, cams on or PT, whatever the attire was for that Mm. part of the morning, usually PT gear, clean shaven, bed, hospital cornered, Uh, ground swept, everything in tip-top condition within six minutes
0: it was pretty full on yeah now i want you to dive into the two week story two weeks in yeah when you gave me a call actually i believe i i I don't
1: think i I didn't call you during kapuku because i know we weren't we didn't have access to phones to about two months in right yeah but i call i would have called you two two weeks into singleton which is your infantry training so after your three months of training Everyone in the army goes to that. Mm. And then after that, you go to your job-specific school. Okay. So I went to the school Do you remember the
0: story I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I called you up. And I remember you were in the kitchen, um, Mm. just talking. And yeah, I was like, it's fucking crazy. And I was telling you what's been going on and stuff.
0: Yeah. And there was a specific story you told me. Because what I remember specifically about that is that you were telling me how close you were to leaving. Yeah. To coming home because of this one particular uh gentlemen had done yeah. to you and said to you in front of a memorial or something like that
1: oh yeah 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 well we had we had um we, you had to have your rifle on you at all times because of insecurity because hmm. if you don't have your weapon on you and the the enemy gets the weapon they can because what was happening over and I, I haven't been to afghanistan um but there'd been attacks over in afghanistan where uh people would let left you know their weapon unattended or something and there used to be uh the ANA afghan national army and there used to be taliban that would blend in with the ANA like a rogue oh wow yeah so it's like for example it's like me joining i don't know the u.s marines or whatever and then me being a terrorist or something like someone on the inside right and there was taliban in the uh, afghan national army that would go around shooting people um so you'd have to have your weapon on you at all times just for for self-defense, really. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, and they they drilled that into our minds. Like, you cannot be more than two meters away from your weapon. Hmm. And I remember I walked across the corridor to one of my mates' room, and I didn't have my rifle on me. <sighs> and um. I remember I walked back in the hallway and then the corporal was like, he saw me and he goes, private convoy. No, not private. Sorry, recruit convoy, I right, should say. Right, because at that time it was really it's early so on. ancient, yeah. yeah. And he goes, um, grab your weapon and come to the admin line immediately. And the admin's line is like, a, it's just a long line where you stand there for disciplinary action. So I knew straight away that this was not good. And I got, got my rifle. Um, there was even people going to the toilets without their rifle, and then being in the toilets, because to get to the toilet, you had to walk past the offices and everything. Mm. And they'd, they'd get in there and they'd be like, fuck, I don't have a rifle. And then all of a sudden you see 12 people just all, all of a sudden all come out of the bathroom and they'd go get his rifle and they'd dissem- dissemble, like strip the weapon down to the bolt, the, like the barrel and everything and hide it inside their shorts and over their t-shirts and literally smuggle Smuggle really? part by part of the weapon back into the toilet because it'd be a corporal out there waiting because they know That's that they're how gone. serious. They That's, were about it, yeah. Because if you got Holy caught shit. without a weapon, you de- it's 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 a big no-no. I'll right. explain why now because yeah, it happened yeah, to yeah. me. Slide into it, yeah. And I went to the admin line. Um, oh, what was his name? Corporal Phyllis. That was his name. Okay, here we go. At the time, I hated him, but we made we made up for it later on down in my career. I'll, I'll tell you that later. Mm. He's, he was standing there. You got to be at attention, and he was he was like right in my grill, and he was like being really like talking like this, like really quiet and stuff, blah 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 blah. blah. And then all of a sudden he's like, "What the fuck? <sighs> what are you doing?" And just saying, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like grilling me for a good five minutes. Like this is full on screaming. And I could I could feel the anger and I know I know you've got to discipline people, but I could tell like he was taking all of his anger and life out on me. Mm. You can just tell tell with some people they just wanna just use you as a boxing bag. Yep. And I was the boxing bag. And I remember getting absolutely like yelled at and yelled at. And I thought he was gonna hit me. I thought he was just gonna uppercut me or something. Fuck. But you you can't do that. But then again, it's him and me and no one else was there. Yeah, so if shit was guys? to go down, yeah. mm. it's just me versus you know.
0: And just for perspective, this yeah. was like two weeks in, yeah.
1: Yeah, I remember him standing there, screaming me, screaming at me. There's probably some of you on the podcast going, "Oh, you know, it's you can deal with that." But when you have like a guy's face in front of you mm. and he's yelling at you and screaming at you, it's actually very, conf- it's very confronting. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and this was like a walk-eye scream, like Rah! like like what you see in the movies and shit. It was full on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they emotionally, they emotionally fuck with you. Yeah. And I was like, this is fucked. And I and I got a TPI. I forgot what a TPI stand for. There's something, something, mm. a, a training personal infringement or something. Okay. It's like a speeding ticket. Like it's just you don't want to get one. Yeah. And yeah. I got I went back to my room and I was like, this is fucked. I remember. And then every like everyone in my room I was like, came up to me and was like, what's going on? I was like, this is fucked. This is fucked. And I was like, like still shaking and shit. I think it's from just an adrenaline from just Imagine. having a full grown man screaming in your ear for five minutes. Yeah, Like this is fucked, this is fucked. And I was like, I've got to go, I've got to go. I just I'd had a gutful because all the, a lot of the corporals and section commanders were picking on me because hmm. um, I was just couldn't get my shit together. I'd be always the slowest person. Even our brass, we had to polish our brass. Mine was just not up to standard. And whatever we did, I just was really bad at. Mm. except for pt like i was really like pretty good i was the fastest in my section for pt mm. which is why i reckon
0: that's physical training for people yeah, it? yeah yeah yeah
1: so i was a good runner and all that but when it came to anything else even shooting a weapon and all that i was just sh- just real bad at it yeah i uh, very inaccurate just just real slow at everything and i, I remember walking out and i was like because if you really really hate it they make it sound like you can't go mm. but what some recruits were doing were they were going there and saying oh I've got a headache or I'm not feeling well. And then they'd go see the medic We'll go to the, what do you call it? The, the RAP. So the, the medical center. Hmm. And then you go in there and that's when you can break down and go, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here.
0: Like in private.
1: Yeah. And then you see a psychiatrist or whatever, and then you get, you, you just go home. Right. So that's what I was planning on doing. I was like, and then I went up, I was like, Corporal Jared was his name. I was like, Corporal. And I like knocked on his office. I'm like, uh, Corporal Jared, uh, recruit, convoy, uh, i'm just trying to remember the dialogue i had to say i was like recruit convoy wanting to speak to corporal jared Mm. and then he'd come out like yeah what the fuck do you want and then i'd be like yeah um i need to go i've got a headache blah 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 and then he stopped and he looked at me for a bit and i could i think he knew what i was doing right i think he knew that i was trying to pull the pin you know
0: Mm. um not because you were actually feeling these yeah but i think he knew
1: i was trying to take the easy way out right but at the time it wasn't it was i just wanted to get out of there i'd I had a girlfriend at the time, my first ever girlfriend, yeah. my family, you, everyone. I was like, this is fuck. Like, do I really want to be here? But I knew after you get through boot camp, you know, things get a lot a lot better. So, but, so what made you stay? Oh, what? well, the corporals, like um, the medical center closes in, uh, in 15 minutes. You don't have time to go there. Um, just we'll, we'll talk about it tomorrow, see how you feel tomorrow. Mm. And I think that was his way of saying like... Calm down. Yeah, 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 and then the next day, like I noticed, the corporals took a little. They didn't favorite me. God, no, they didn't favour me. Mm. <clears throat> but they, um, they there was a bit of slack there, you know. Yeah, right. They cut a bit of slack.
0: And also, one part of that story that I mm. thank you for sharing. That one part no, I remember was dude. that you were telling me that in this guy that was just lashing you. Yeah. Was also saying outrageous shit like, yeah. "Look at these faces." Oh on yeah, the yeah.
1: This is the same. This is the same corporal, by the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell that part. Yeah, he's that's, like, the, that's the roughest yeah, part he, of it.
1: He sat us down. He sat a few of us down. There's like, there's like a honor board of the people that passed away in Afghanistan. Mm. Um, and at the time, it was 37 soldiers who would passed away during the Afghanistan campaign. Mm. 41 now, um, and it was like these guys over here had risked their lives going to Afghanistan. Bah ba and you guys are coming in here fucking and you can't get your shit right. Words to that effect. Hmm. It was pretty full because it's like their name there and their photo and all that. Um but I, I think he was just trying to, you know, push us as, as hard as we can and there's people out there. What a day to say this as well. It's Remembrance Day, like what a what a day. Majority, yeah. And yeah. in, in one hour and five minutes it'll be the eleventh. Hour of the eleventh uh, day of the eleventh month. Yeah, Remembrance Day. Even though Anzac Day is the 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 big one, mm. Remembrance Day internationally is a huge day, a very important day as well. Mm. So yeah, we sat sat down and he was just saying like, you guys don't understand how grateful you are to live in this country, like Australia. Just giving us a huge thing, and we're like, holy shit, this just is fucking. Just Yeah, but um, Kapuka was just it was just brutal. Like especially not having being able to use your phone for yeah two and a half like. It was it was brutal. And when you're on we did eventually get our phones and you have to stand outside at attention on your phone. It was just it was everything was just even sleeping in a warm bed or just shit like that, you just, it makes you realise how bloody, you know, grateful you are, you know. No joke.
0: Now yeah. So that that's like when I received that phone call, yeah. I remember really viscerally because I was in the kitchen, I was cooking some some bullshit baked chicken or something like that, like yeah, one yeah. bass in the oven. And I remember getting this call. I was like, yes, it's cool. Mm. I remember how uh, you, were, I could hear it in your voice. Mm. You weren't like breaking down on the phone. Yeah. I could hear in your voice like that, this is rough. Yeah. This yeah. experience is not what I thought it would be. Yeah. And you were telling me about it. And there wasn't, I don't remember much of what I had to say other than that, uh, you know, do whatever you feel is best. Yeah. Because like, you said, you're saying, I'm really thinking about coming home. Yeah. Yeah. i like, do it. Of course, I want you to come home. Yeah. But, I don't want to be the one also who says to you, yeah, yeah, like come on. Because then what if three months later Mm. you're sitting around going, fuck, I should have stayed. Yeah, exactly. And so in my mind, I was like, no, I don't want to be responsible for coercing (laughs) him to come home. like, no, it's like, it's your, this is your journey from boy to manhood psychology. Mm. And this is something that I've made an entire podcast on Mm. called The Journey from Boyhood to Manhood Psychology. And one of the big things about that Mm. is the rituals yeah, right, The rituals that we used to have when like 10,000 years ago, mm. when we were in tribes that we would have spiritual leaders, would have leaders in the and elders in the group that mm. would show us the way and mm. would have tests. Mm. And that for a long time, you know, we talk about, uh, we were talking about before we started up this potter, mm. how soft people are these days.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous. How the
0: shit people complain about. I've oh, gone about this for hours. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? It's just, and this is one of those things that has been a mainstay, which when you look back at your father, your, grandpa, your mm. grandfather, people going back that had to deal with World War I, World War II. Yeah. Because they had Hector. to go through shit like this.
1: Yeah. It's, it's full on, you know, it's, it's hectic. Um, yeah. Even, even when I travel and stuff and I, I see poverty, you know, oh, like this is off topic again, but, you know, you travel and you see... I remember that I went to the Philippines, you know, the first, first country that I really went to. And I remember seeing a lady lying on the side of the road naked and she's just lying there and there's this kid as well and he was like like gasping like give me some food or money blah 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 and I was like this is fucked I was 19 yeah I was like geez we're so lucky to be Australian you know and there's people walking around complaining about ain't called cool rights ain't cool pain, blah blah. <laughs> and just yeah and, and as I said before you know like um how people would join like volunteering to join a war and some of them were underage they weren't even 17 or 18 to yeah, go to war yeah how's
0: that mindset yeah, sixteen-year-olds that are yeah. trying to get into this. Yeah, it's just, just crazy. Mindset. It's it's crazy, crazy stuff. Real now, crazy I stuff, wanted to yeah. get into what you learned from the army. Yeah, right? and I know this is very broad, so I want you to dive into all of this. Yeah, but psychologically, like because you were there for four years, mm. I'm sure there's so many things. Yeah, but what were the biggest things that stood out to you as to what you learned about yourself, and yeah. about life mm. from this experience of being an infantryman? Mm.
1: I think uh, looking after yourself being independent is a big one. Hmm. I mean when you're out in the jungle or the desert or wherever the the fuck the army sends you you got to look after yourself because if you don't <laughs> you're going to die. So uh-huh. just looking after yourself um having situational awareness is a big is a big one I noticed like I'd go out and I'd be like I don't get this all the time but some it's kind of fucked up. I don't get this a lot but sometimes I'll I'll go out and I'll be like this is a really good place to put a machine gun like this like we'll be on like a I don't know in the Maya centers or something and i would be yep. like this is a really good place to put a machine gun we're on high ground here and you can, <laughs> covering all your arcs like just sh- situational awareness um timings as well like that was one thing even though it was three minutes late today but just pe- people <laughs> when you meet up with someone at like yeah. nine o'clock or ten o'clock and the person's not there till ten forty-five, yeah that really pisses me off i know women are real bad at it and you kind of got to not care about it because as soon as you do care about it, mm. they'll be they'll be like this guy's too needy, blah 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 you're blah blah. Yeah, it. but yeah. timings is another one. Um, being independent as well, I think that's where travel came in for me. Being a solo traveler, yeah. traveling to a foreign country where you don't even speak the language, and you're only nineteen, twenty—that's quite. You need a lot of courage to do that. Absolutely, and I think the army—you um, meet a lot of um, people that are very adventurous people that you can go travel with, mm. but. Um, yeah, and I think you have a, you're more loyal to yourself, you know. Um, you're like, fuck, I've been, through, I've been through basic training. I've been through uh, singleton. I've been through infantry training. Um, you, you, feel like a, you feel like a very confident person. You're, like, you're a young man. You've just finished something that, you know, there's people that were dropping out and shit, and you're like, fuck, like I'm, I did this, you know. And it's a sense of achievement, you know, right. especially when you get your Skippy badge. Um, so in the Royal Australian Infantry, we have a kangaroo. With uh, cross rifles. So, mm. and a kangaroo, you know, it's Australian. So that's very iconic. And a, a kangaroo, it never goes backwards. So we're always going forward. Right. So you get your Skippy badge. And I remember getting my Skippy badge and putting it on my slouch hat. And I was like, it was one of the proudest moments of my life. My family were there. Mm. My ex girlfriend at the time was there. And it was a really special day. And I was like, fuck yeah, I've done this, you know. And that, like, um, sig-
0: that was like the signification that you passed that you are in. Yeah. There. It works six months. To get that, yeah. yeah,
1: six months to get that. So
0: Now, you mentioned yeah. we almost had like an organic segue right there. I just wanted mm. you to finish that into yeah. the traveling because you're talking yeah. about how the self-confidence that came from the army yeah, that absolutely. led to you being in a solid travel. But just before yeah. we do, the first time that you had – because I've spoken about this on the pod before. Mm. I've spoken about the cruise with Matt. Oh, yeah. And that was yeah. both for us our first times in an international – uh, travel, yeah, on our own without our parents, true. Where it was yourself, myself, mm. and Matt, and we decided to take 11 day, 10, 11 day cruise, yeah, that was a real good trip. South Pacific another one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's a real good trip. And this is a yeah. slight tangent, but I, w- I wanted to go into this because mm. it is, it will kick us off into the travel. Because mm. as I said before, you are the most well traveled person I know for sure, yeah. Um, Because when I've spoken on the cruise story, Mm. I've spoken on it in the light of how much of a chode I was. (laughs) Right? Because when I look back on that, and when I've spoken about other potters, it was just, it was a really hard time for me. Yeah. Because I wasn't what I thought I was. And because when I saw all these guys getting with all these girls, Mm. you had a girl, Matt had a girl easily. And I was just like the old one out. And because I had just gotten started in my journey, of learning how to build my social temple mm. and, and just started, I think I just started going out in the day and meeting girls. Mm. I thought I was going to be all right. Yeah, yeah, But yeah. then when I rocked up, I wasn't all right because I don't when know. When you rocked up to the cruise? Yeah, when we were yeah, on the yeah. cruise and it's like when when I was left mm. to my own devices, when I didn't have anyone to lean on, when I didn't have yeah. Matt to lean on because he was with uh, Raina. I yeah, I can't ago. remember her name. Yeah. Shout out to her if she's a C. Uh, just whining back the clock, I tell you. Yeah, it fucking Seven years ago, yeah. And you were with Jade. yeah um as little old adam it's like it was a real it was a hard time for me so anyway so i've spoken on that so i would like to get your perspective Mm. around what that was like the first time because that was your first international foray Mm. going overseas and then you've completely mushroomed out from there
1: yeah well yeah that was that was kind of different because i was with you you and matt which are my boys so it wasn't really i was i wasn't really venturing into the unknown by myself which is a different thing uh, for sure. and it was on a PO cruise so everything was structured and organized mm. it's a little bit different than going to a foreign country and you're like well, i'm here like it's you know, what am i going to do now but still it was scary i remember going to newcastle in new south wales and staying at a hostel yeah just the whole process of catching an airplane and checking like checking in and being at a hotel and a hostel, and there was a German guy in my room. I was like, yep. "Adam, there's a German guy in my room," <laughs> and you're like, "Yeah." Yeah. And I was just like, "There's a fucking German." I'm not racist, but there was like, "There's a guy from another country in my room," and it was just a big deal because you know, like, being at home in Adelaide in the eastern suburbs, you know, for the 18 years of the same shit pretty much every day, and Small then you, bubble. and then you're just thrown into, I don't know,
0: just, German guy in the hostel room.
1: Yeah, you know, you're no longer swimming in the little swimming pool. You're in the um. You're in the South Pacific Ocean, no li- literally as well. Yeah, literally um, in the South yeah. Pacific Ocean. Yeah, it was crazy. And I remember that, that was, was one of the best trips I've ever done. I think because, mm-hmm. you know, Matt's gone now. Uh, we talk about, Well, I know Adam talks about Matt a lot on the podcast. Absolutely. Like one of my best friends. and I love, love him very much. But there's some of the best memories I've, I've ever had was on that cruise with him. You, you me and him in our little room. Yeah. Fuck, Ismu, oh, an Indonesian, um, bloody was it? Ismu, an Indonesian servant. He was a real cool guy.
0: Oh, he's, he's yeah. probably the nicest guy I've ever met. Yeah. For those that are trying to picture this. Imagine imagine a much darker version of me, but much ch- a little bit chubbier, mm. which is a bit chubbier. Fuck, I remember him well. But the yeah. nicest person in the world, and he would attend to our rooms, and he was like responsible for our section of the cruise ship. Mm. And he's like, anything we needed, whatever it was, he'd yeah. get it for us. Real
1: nice guy. Yeah,
0: Isma. I is, hope you're doing well, man.
1: Yeah, if he's listening to this somehow.
0: Uh, finds his way. <laughs> so- yeah. That was the... Uh, that you met your first girlfriend. Yeah. Uh, on that cruise. I was there. I was did, there.
1: Because yeah. yeah. um, like, when, the cru- when you get into the cruise, like every guy's looking around like what we got. Yeah. Because you're, you're stuck on that cruise for nine or ten days. Same and this And this is what it is. This is what you've got to work with. <laughs> <laughs> Which There's
0: was a- pretty good as well, by the yeah, way. Yeah, was
1: a lot of elderly people on there. But um, I think we were the youngest guys on there. Like there were kids and shit. I was surprised at um,
0: how many... How how there was a lot of younger girls though. Yeah, were, There was yeah, a lot like, of girls getting around. But
1: we, were, I reckon we were the youngest on there in terms of like. Oh yeah. Yeah. Eight, we were eighteen. Um, yeah, we were
0: eighteen.
1: Yeah, but uh, there was a lot of guys on there in the uh, like twenties, like probably our age now. Yeah. Um, 23, 24, 25. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and it was. I remember seeing a girl and I was like, oh, she's cool. Blah blah blah. And you're like, go talk to her, go talk to her. And then this is at night as well. Yeah. Um, this- doing it sober as well, which is 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 different i was like fuck it i'm just gonna go so high i said hi and things kicked off from there which was really cool but um yeah it was an awesome it was a really cool cruise yeah
0: look at what you just breezed over because for you and i've spoken about this on the bottom many times yeah most of my friends Mm. aren't in the world that i'm in yeah yeah right and you know a lot more than my than the average person because you know me Mm. so not only have you you get to hear my sh- talk to me on the one to one like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you also watch my shit as well, mm. so you know a bit about the the niche world of cold approach. Yeah. But guys, listening, listen to the way that he just said what he just said. Mm. He said, "I saw a girl." I said, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go say hi." Yeah. That's literally how simple it is, and yeah. how you've condensed the process of masculine and feminine energy. Yeah. There's an interaction to be had here. Forget what anyone else is thinking forget about my own limiting beliefs, mm. forget about the potential rejection, all this different shit. Mm. I see ya, gonna go say hi. And this yeah. is the advice that I'm giving to this day mm. when guys reach out to me on the gram or whatever and emails, I still to this day, the number one question that I get is how do I get started? Yeah. Like, how do I just start meeting girls? And it's literally what you just said. Just having a crack, yeah. Having a crack.
1: Yeah, and I think another important thing is society sees like, um, I th- can't remember who it was. I think it was you or, you or Matt's in the mall. And um, you'd you gone and approached a chick. And some I remember some guy, he wasn't someone we knew, but I think he was like in the community, mm. like the PUA community. And I remember him saying, did you just get rejected? Yeah, yeah I remember he, that. And he made a big deal about it. Yep. And it was just being a, like an ab- absolute prick about it. And, oh, I, yeah. and I was just like, well, he fucking went over there and had a crack.
0: Yeah, and I remember that viscerally.
1: And you're going to get... It doesn't matter who you are. You're going to get rejected uh, a lot. Yeah. It's just, it's just about how you can take it, you know? How you, can, how you can take getting rejected. And I think getting rejected is actually a really good thing. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. It's just, it's just going to happen. It's life. Right? Yeah.
0: People are going to say no. Yeah, exactly. And you have to be comfortable with people yeah. saying no. Because it's all about you at the end of the day. Yeah. And I remember that interaction still to this day. I remember... You know how you were talking about with the corporal who was lashing you? Yeah. Right? And just getting in your grill... Like, mm. um, in the in the first two weeks, mm. that response, that fight or flight response, I yeah. got that sort of ex- just. I'm gonna paint the story real quick. Mm. Yeah, it was like it was a nice uh, afternoon. It was like Saturday afternoon or something like that. We we're in the mall, and uh, Royals and you, yeah, you and Matt were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went and approached this girl, and ended in like five seconds. Yeah. And it wasn't even as far as uh, quote unquote rejections go. Mm. It wasn't bad at all. It's just that she just wasn't having a bar. She's like, no, thank you, and she keeps walking. Yeah, cool. It happens, right? And so I walk back and I walk back to you guys. Mm. And as I'm walking back on my own, because you're like 50 meters up, mm. this 45-year-old dude, he was much older. Mm. And remember his friend, the pirate dude. <laughs> Do you remember the pirate <laughs> I guy? Uh, I don't recall. No. He, for those in Adelaide, Jordan, if you're listening to this, you remember yeah. the pirate dude. He looked like uh, Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the <laughs> Anyways, this dude, he had like slicked back, greasy slicked back hair, a leather jacket, no matter how hot it was, which always really fucking confused me. <laughs> but anyways he came up to me after that as you said mm. and he just came up to say did you just get rejected and i was just like i didn't really know how to respond because i'm mm. very early on the journey at this point yeah 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 and it fucking rocked me oh it would i didn't it, yeah. i didn't know how to respond to this like middle aged dude coming on yeah, to that's me that's fucked. and it's not like he was saying it in a joking way like got it yeah. hey man that's how right. i get back up on the horse, you know she got the nice this same yeah. japanese can't be helped no he was like trying to actually Degrade me as a being.
1: And this is a, a full-grown adult, by the way. Yeah. Picking on a 16-year-old yeah. kid.
0: Yeah. Well, the, maybe a little bit. It was like 17, 18. Yeah, well, still. That, Close I, enough.
1: Oh, that's pretty low. Yeah. it's pretty low. And I just
0: kept inside. I was freaking out. Yeah. But on the outside, as is, I don't know, my always my response has been when shit goes down, mm. I kind of just become like a stone. Yeah. I kind of just like, I don't really, I didn't really acknowledge him. I was just kind of like, yeah. But I pretended like it was like water off the ducks back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I didn't want to let him see how much it was affecting me. Yeah. But I remember the heat. I remember the heat mm. of going like, I, it wasn't even like in my mind. I was going, I fucked up or something like that. Yeah. It was just the raw experience of someone coming up to you. Yeah. And just for no for unsolicited reasons. That's poor form. That's yeah. really bad. Yeah. That's it was fucked up. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, moving forward now. Moving forward to the traveling, let's get back to the traveling here. Yeah. Because things, will dive in and out. This is the pod, my friends. <laughs> so your first trip on your own was Japan, yeah?
1: Uh, Philippines, actually. Philippines. Yeah, I went with my mate. Um, uh, Corey, if you're listening.
0: Not Corey, Worthington, for those uh, who nah, are in Australia.
1: No, nah, one, one of my army mates. Uh, he's the same age as me. Uh, still one of my best mates. Hmm. Um, and him and me really kicked it off Um, because like when i joined when i went to battalion stuff i was always um everyone picked on me everyone because guys had come back from overseas and shit like afghanistan stuff and i was just the new guy Mm. and um oh i I was actually very very fit i'd come straight out of boot camp i was probably one of the fittest soldiers there but because i was new you get called a lid because i was (laughs) new because i was new i was just the shit soldier just because i just because i was new and it was actually really frustrating because it wasn't based on merit. It was just based because you're the new guy. You just get targeted and shit. Whenever there'd be a shit job or we call it in the army like a stabbing, like something needs, like a sentry picket out at Mount Bundy needs to be attended over the weekend. Stab. They'll so we just stab the new guy. And then right. instead of having a weekend, you're out in some shithole hole. Fucking middle of nowhere on a radio, just going, just twiddling your thumbs, just doing an hour check in, yeah, oh. just shit like that, which was, which, which was really, you got to be resilient, but it was tough, you know, mm. getting targeted. And then nine months later, we got n- new guys came in, so I know I no longer was the new new guy, mm-hmm. so I had nine months of just getting being a slave pretty much. Mm. Um, anyway, Corey, he was like him and another guy, Tranter uh, Aaron. They were probably the only two guys that were actually like, "Hey, convoy, you're right, man." Like. They were the only two guys that would actually genuinely care about, care about me. Hmm. Um, and yeah, Corey uh, Corey's like, oh, I'm going to the Philippines in a few weeks. You should come. And I was like, we had time off. We are like a, I think it was like two weeks off. And um, very short notice leave. That's how the army was. You don't know, you get very short notice. And I looked at flights to Manila and it was real cheap. It was only like, I think it was like $300 return. It um, is cheap. And it was a three and a half, three and a half hour flight from Darwin. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, short as shit. And to come to Adelaide was three and a half hours as well, and it was like six hundred dollars ticket. And I was like, hang on a minute, like I'm paying the same amount of money, but instead of going home, I'm going, I can go overseas and whole new pay, experience, sorry, cheaper, foreign country, yeah, foreign was like, language. Yeah, and I was like, fuck it, let's do it. Went over with uh, Corey to the Philippines, and um, I didn't go to the best of places. I wish I'd gone to the islands and that. But being in another country at nineteen and experiencing just ran that's what it was It was just randomness seeing seeing shit that you never see before mm. um and i was like this is really awesome i was like i'm gonna travel. traveling such a cool thing you see a lot of a lot of a lot of cool shit and that's where it kicked off that's where the whole traveling thing uh kind of kicked off and then a few months later i went to tokyo um and i remember getting off the airplane and i went up to lady, and i was like hey how you going how did i get to Osaka? Sir? And she's like, Nande. I like, looked at me and I was like, Nande. And then she spoke Japanese and I was like, fuck, like I'm not in Australia anymore. Oh, we're here um, now. And she ran off and I was like, fuck, I've, I must have scared her or something. And then a policeman came. I was like, fuck, here we go. And then the policeman was like, sir, how can I help you? Do you need help? And he spoke really good English. Oh, nice. Yeah. And just just even that and all the stories you have from traveling and all the cool things that come with it. And then ever since then, I've just traveled and stuff, um, especially being in Darwin, like geographically, it's close to Asia. And Asia is very cheap. For the Australian dollar, Asia is very cheap. So I just traveled, traveled a lot. And that's where it kicked off. Yeah. And now
0: for those that don't know you, you have, you've always had a strong, strong vibe mm. for the teeds. Yeah, I and love just, Asian women, yeah. Here we go. And just yeah. before... I'm just gonna close this door because sh- yeah, yeah. the, the noise from the birds is just yeah, birds it, just woken up. Okay. So while I'm closing this door, can yeah, you yeah. please explain to everyone because there are <laughs> long time listeners of this podo yeah, yeah, that yeah. use my ling- our lingo. There, yeah. there are guys that will message me on the ground going, Adam, I went out last <laughs> night. I met this fucking teed. Here we go, right? I'd, I'm sure most people have no idea what a teed is. So explain the backstory just while I close. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Well, I think you came
1: up. I think you actually came up with it. It was TD Tokyo Drift. And then that got abbreviated. Being Australian, we fucking abbreviate everything. But that got that got from TD to Ted. Uh, it's just just a quick. there's just code, really. Someone walking down a mall, like TD Tokyo Drifts, like a hot Asian chick would be like, "Oh, TD, there's a TD over there." And they'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah." We'd have codes for shit instead of going, "There's a hot chick over there at your twelve o'clock." <laughs> it was just code that we used. It was just. But yeah. hey,
0: God, you didn't explain what Tokyo Drift means.
1: Yeah, it was just a hot Asian, hot Asian chick. See, I yeah. love
0: how you just assumed that everyone knows what that is. Oh, yeah, it's just Tokyo Drift.
1: Um, you came up with it. And then it got a...
0: Uh, uh, did you come up with it? Might have been yeah. might have been a
1: collab or oh, I did. I can't remember. Yeah, but you're not explaining
0: so. why Tokyo Drift means hot Asian girl. Because it's the movie, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> <laughs> the movie. I love how You just assume that people don't. Well, know. people should know so, that. Like, so yeah. l- I know people should know that, but yeah. that's, that's you and I. Yeah, so yeah, for yeah. those that don't know that... Mm. If you've not seen Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift Fucking good movie by the way Shame on you Because it's the, yeah. it's the best Of all the Fast and Furious it's up, in. it's up there It's definitely It's either right. number three Or number five for me The mm. one where they uh, Take the vault Where they yeah. try and get the vault out Yeah It's got, been going a bit down here lately But anyways Yeah yeah, yeah I have to agree yeah. Tokyo Drifts. Some of the hottest Asian girls You'll see Yeah Are in that film Top notch Teed Top notch yeah. So yeah Teed Short. Yeah he's like a <laughs> TD and that's so, we would walk through the morning, Adam, there's a teed none nine, nine o'clock. Right? <laughs> and so ever since then, we've always referred to hot Asian girls as teeds. Yeah. And yeah. we've always referred to hot white girls as pages. yeah. Which simply, it's as simple as pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. PG, page pretty good. Yeah. And i uh, shout out to Beck if she's listening because she used to get, <laughs> her mind used to get one of my ex-girlfriends. Hope she's doing well. She used to, uh, used to do a bloody head-in when I used to say PJ, <laughs> We were talking in code. There's some good shit, though. Yeah, yeah. No one knew what the fuck was going on but us, which was really good. A little yeah. language. That's how tight it was. Yeah, yeah. So, how do we get on to... Te- oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. you've always been really into Asian girls and yeah. Japanese girls. And just yeah, you yeah. actually... Now, I'm all about the Japanese life, mm. learning language, travel and whatnot, and all in that. But mm. you were, at first, really into... Asian culture. Yeah. And since then, you've done extensive travel around Southeast Asia.
1: Yeah. And yeah, yeah.
0: Um, you spend a, like, it's the reason why we're sitting down today and I realized we had to get this now because mm. you, you just came back from like a, a two month leg.
1: Yeah, just a two month thing. I tend to do that. I'll come back to Australia and I'm like, fuck, I want to go travel. And then I'll just, I'll fuck off for two or three months and come back and then I'll do it again. It's just, I've, I've got to be continually moving around. But, and that's something I find yeah. interesting
0: about your story is that mm. when you spent four years in the army, mm. you spent four years in the army and it's not that you're caged the entire time, but maybe psychologically you feel that way Yeah, because you do get to maybe how often would you were allowed holidays?
1: That's that's the thing. It's just so random. You never knew. It depends on the year. It depends on what, and when you're working, you're getting what we're getting like some of the, the physically and, and mentally, some of the hardest things I've done in my life have yeah. been, being in the army i mean probably the hardest thing i could say was doing a pack march i remember we did a pack march um so not like not marching like you, you've got like uh your pack on which is it could be 30 kilos and then a machine gun like 75 pounds something like that. yeah and then you got your machine gun or your rifle i don't, i was a machine gunner which is like you know 10 kilos and then you got your webbing which carries your night vision goggles your water your your water in your pack as well, your bullets, heaps of shit. You're carrying 40 kilos. Jesus. And this is in the Australian heat. This is in <laughs> the Northern Territory as well. Which is dry. Humidity is 95%.
0: Oh, wait. So it's in Darwin, so it's not dry.
1: Uh, it's it's like wet. You like, think it's dry, but it's very humid. Oh right, very very right. humid. My bad. Um, actually, t- correction. During the dry season, it, it would it'd be dry, I guess but it's it's seasons. fucking hot. It is very very hot. And you're walking there. You have got eight liters of water a day, which sounds like a lot, but it's it really isn't.
0: You used to tell me about um, people that would just drop like flies. Yeah, well,
1: I remember we did. It was called Tigers Walk. We call it the, the Death Walk. And I remember doing it. Um, it was. Sounds promising. I reckon we. I think the, I remember the boss saying we covered 64 k's. Um, I think that's like 45 miles. Dear lord. Yeah, over a period of 4 days and this is literally all we were doing was patrolling um in the in the heat carrying all that equipment and you're just one foot in front of the other and we'd only rest when someone went down with heat. Wow. And I was like fuck if people actually knew what the fuck was going on the people in charge of that would have got a royal commission but it's the army and everything's super corrupt and all that. Right. But I remember just I remember walking I remember seeing the guy in front of me just like it's just really <laughs> fucked but I was like please fall down please go down because everyone's hurting and the only time you're resting is when someone that's what everyone's thinking is um, go down go down so then we can have a rest that's it's, lit- it's literally being a slave yeah and then guy went down with heat I remember the sergeant um, I'm not going to say his name but he's like oh, everyone get your heat tools out and E tools your entrenching tool and um, we had to mark an LZ a landing zone for the Black Hawk to come in mm. and there was all these trees all these not huge trees but Trees,
0: like, probably that thick mm-hmm. pretty tall. For those listening, it's yeah. like, like, the, imagine the size of, like, a lacrosse ball, or something like that.
1: Yeah, but there was, yeah, there was a lot of them. And I remember the sergeant saying we had to cut all these trees down uh, as quick as possible to mark an LZ for this black hawk to come in. Yeah. And we're just hacking away at these things. And then the black hawk came in. And that, that's that's some serious shit. When you got a bird coming in, it's usually a prior one or a prior two, meaning that if this guy doesn't go to hospital, like, He's going to die. Possibly, yeah. Um, And Chopper came in, took him out. And I was like, this is fucked. Like, this is really fucked up. And um, from then on in my army career, we never did anything that strenuous physically. Hmm. But, um, oh, that was tough.
0: I have no idea how we got onto this, but that was absolutely fascinating. Yeah,
1: off topic. Yeah, but um, it was brutal. I know we
0: were talking about... i will talk about Southeast. Oh, the reason why I went onto this tangent was because I never really... You were never really sure when you were going to get... Uh, a break yeah. so that psychologically you always felt kind of caged in yeah 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 and this is what I found so interesting about your story here mm. we fucking go my head's <laughs> on point point. and so when you finally finished and yeah. you finished up in the army and I know yeah, that yeah, was yeah. a tough decision for you as well mm. but you went you spent nine months was it or ten months you just you just covered the goddamn world oh yeah uh,
1: I, ca- I went for a year
0: a year yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So can you explain what that was like coming out of the army and then it's like, I'm just going to go travel for a whole year now.
1: Yeah. Well, my discharge date was April the 30th. So um, in the army. Um, it depends on your job and even gender now. That's how fucked it is mm. on how long your minimum service is. I don't know. I think chicks get it. They get a shorter se- really? sentence. It sounds like a, like a prison, <laughs> but you get like, I had four years, four year contract. Yep. So you do your four years and you can't leave after you've done your four years you can on psychological grounds. You mean before? If you, no, yeah, before. if you really, if you really need to. But I did my four years and um, April 30th it was. But I got out February the 28th because I'd ca- I'd had so much leave in the bank. Hmm. And I remember the army's like, "All right, we'll fly you home to Adelaide for free, or you can find your own way home. We'll give you fifteen hundred dollars." And I was like, "I'm just gonna go for it in my little Honda Civic 95." Yes Japanese cars do not break, very reliable, and I drove from Adelaide to. No, sorry, from Darwin to Adelaide. Yeah, I remember that. Thirty-six day. hours, um, just in one hit, just getting it done. Drove all the way to Alice Springs. Um, this is with my TV, everything I own in my little car, in my little <laughs> Honda Civic. Just going one, what got the got the Civic up to one ninety at one stage. just this is straight through the outback, revving. Yeah, this is what people overseas that what you think Australia is, uh, especially Americans and Canadians. This is this is what you what you think Australia is. This is where I, where I went pretty much straight down the guts, just barren. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wasteland. I even wanted to go to Uluru, so the famous Ayers Rock, hmm. but that was like a six-hour detour from Alice Springs, and then six hours back, and then to get back on track. So I couldn't do that, unfortunately. I could, but I didn't want to risk breaking down, break my car breaking down in the middle of fucking nowhere.
0: And so you were doing but, this to bring all your shit home, yeah. and then to go do what? Travel.
1: Yeah. So I I drove all the way all the way back to Adelaide. It was like 33 or 36 hours or something. Um, nearly hit a kangaroo on the way. Big kangaroo. Mm. This thing looked like Kobe Bryant walking across the road. Oh. If I'd hit it, I would have I would have been in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why I love traveling because you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. Which is scary but exciting. Anyway, got home and I was like, fuck it, going to go travel. Mm. Did that for a year. Uh, I, I was pretty familiar with Asia. Mm. Traveled most of Asia. Uh, let me pause um, you just for one yeah. second.
0: Because that decision... That decision, yeah. I think a lot of people would be interested in because mm. you got a lot of cash saved up at this point. Yeah, a lot. Because yeah. Yeah. in the army, you don't really have that much to spend on, right? Oh, there's
1: people there that have no idea how to, they just blow all their money. But oh, I was really? pretty well disciplined you're in my disciplined finances. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. So you got a lot of cash in the bag mm. and uh, you're in the bank. Mm. And because you have, I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, I was maybe at the time, I might have been thinking, maybe not, but I'm thinking about people listening to this, maybe younger people, mm. maybe people that. Cause this is the most interesting thing about your thought process that I like to break down and just like get the lesson from, which is you have two, essentially two options at that point. Yeah. It's like, I can either stay within my comfort zone. Yeah. Right. And stop learning almost in a way and just go and I don't know, just sit on it. I can sit on it or I can just get a quick job at the old quickie mart or or a security job now that I'm out of the army, you know, something like that. But you decided to go in the complete opposite direction. Yeah, And what was that? Do you remember what the thought process was like doing that?
1: Yeah, well, um, I needed time off. Like, I just needed time off. I was just run down. Mm. Um, like, I did my my four years on um, not on a shit. I didn't even know where the RAP was at the end of my four years. RAP is the medical center, mm. and a lot of the guys in the infantry would get injured or something, and then there'd be guys that weren't even injured, but just getting a, a medical restriction so they don't have to go out field. Mm. And I did my whole four years without getting any medical problems. It's a miracle. I, I didn't get injured. Um, impressive. Yeah, but when when you're going out field e- every year for four years straight and just dealing with the the pineapples the army throws at you, as we say, because it's like getting a pineapple up, up the ass. Just just, ima- <laughs> just imagine how graphic and painful that is. That's how, that's how we call it, getting that's a classy. pineapple at, up the rectum. Um, and I just had enough. Like mentally, I, I just had enough, and I needed time off. But it was actually a big decision to get out because. Um, An Iraq trip was coming up. That's right. Yeah, and as a soldier, you want to deploy um, because it's like playing footy your whole life and never playing a game. Um, But every year the officers had said this, like, you're going to Afghan, you're getting a trip, and everyone, all the new guys get real keen. And there's always that senior digger who's like, guys, you're not going anywhere. It's just a political speech. Because officers, it's all political. They want everyone in the team to feel like we're going to places, people are getting promoted, but at the end of the day, you're doing the same shit that you did last year. Right. Um, and I was like, not nah, not falling for that." They call it a carrot, like like you're a rabbit. Come on, mm-hmm. here's a carrot. Here's a carrot. And I was like, nah, not falling for it." Um, got out, and then um, six months later, Iraq happened. And all these all these new guys who would rolled in were just on the plane to Iraq. Yeah, and I was I'm still a bit bitter about it. I know you just got to let it go, but uh, you know, ten grand a month tax free money. The experience as well in Iraq. It sounds really brutal. like You're in Iraq. Fuck, you might die. Mm. But the the mission it was, you know, um, looking after Afghan uh, police and teaching them training them. Yeah, training them. Yeah. Essentially training them. I was like, fuck, that'd be cool. Get a campaign medal. Get some money, more money in the bank. It'd be yeah. really cool. And the experience looked good on the resume. But I was like, no, nah, I'm not waiting for six months of something that wasn't going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I got out.
0: So you got out. Yeah, and got out.
1: Yeah, I, went, I was like, "Fuck yeah, I got all this, got all this money. I'm gonna go traveling. Have none of that money now, but I have a lot of experiences. And um, some of the the past two and a half years, I have to say, have been uh, the best best years of my life. You know, um, except for our good friend Matt passing away in early 2016. That was shocking. Probably the worst thing that's ever happened in my life as of yet. Um, really, really horrible time. But after that, when I went went traveling and stuff. Um, some of the best years of my life for sure.
0: What do you think you've learned most um, through this traveling?
1: Um, just experiences, just experiencing um, many things, have, having a lot of stories, you know. I want to be when I'm 80 years old, if I even live to that age and go, fuck, what a ride it's been, you know, and have all these amazing stories and some of them scary, some of them good. Um, yes, yeah, so I was real, real pumped to go go traveling. And, tell, um,
0: and think, talk about the places you've been because you, it's yeah. not just like you – stayed in London for two weeks, <laughs> uh, like my first international trip, I was yeah. um, on my own anyway. Mm. Yeah, you did. You went to some pretty... Yeah, covered some ground. Some risky corners, like yeah. Saudi Arabia, I remember you telling oh, me. I that. didn't
1: go to Saudi Arabia, I did go to the Middle East. The Middle um, East, where was it in the Middle East? I just went to Iran. Um, my mate was there. He had, um, Iran's actually a really beautiful country, but a lot of people are like, Iran's Dane, like a lot of people back here are like, why would you go to Iran? Because they, mm-hmm. they think Iraq and Iran's exactly the same country, because of the spelling. But it's actually very different, very, very different. And um, uh, being Australian is really good because you have the ability to travel anywhere in the world, really. We're so lucky. Um, you know, you get people from overseas trying to get a visa to come to Australia just to visit. Even that's a nightmare. Yeah. But having an Australian passport, you know, it's, it's pretty good. You can pretty much go wherever you want. And in Iran... Um, I had to get the visa and all that, which was a bit of a nightmare. I had to get it in Dubai. Yeah. I remember walking into the embassy, in, in the, the Iranian embassy in Dubai, and the guys like, you can't come in. I'm like, why? Because you're not wearing pants? Because they're wearing shorts. And mm. Muslim culture, they're very, very strict. Yeah. Very strict religion that like you've got to wear p- pants. So I had to go all the way back to my friend's place and get changed and come back in. The visa process was a bit of a nightmare. But um, I know if you're American in Iran, you have to have a person with you at all times. Mm -hmm. so to have the ability to be over there by myself doing my thing uh, being australian is pretty good
0: just different cultures
1: yeah yeah um i've been in asia i've been to a lot of countries many i've been to thailand like seven times bali indonesia eight times japan three times i've been to a lot of countries many times you went through a lot
0: of europe as well right yeah
1: i did did europe um greece england scotland ireland quite a few countries Mm. um yeah, I have a habit of going back to the same place a lot of times, which because I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. But right now, like when I save some money, and go traveling again, I really want to push push myself and go to countries I haven't been to. Because mm-hmm. it's easy to go back to a country you've been to because you know what it's like and you, you, you're comfortable. Mm-hmm. But I want to push myself to go to places I haven't been before.
0: But you're also being um, a little bit harsh on yourself because yeah. you're not. It's not like uh, some people I know who specifically from australia for those who don't know yeah we consider bali like our backyard in a way yeah 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 that we don't even consider it, it, it's so synonymous with travel for australians yeah that we if we hear someone say oh if you ask someone in australia yeah where have you been traveling they go oh bali yeah. i'm like we don't really consider that <laughs> travel almost yeah, yeah, yeah. like but mm. but that's because of what most people go most people stay in kuda yeah they don't go they to don't the export. right places right yeah, you're the type of the right guy though that even when you say you go back to the same country yeah you're doing shit when you're in those countries that yeah. scare the fuck out of me <laughs> like you if for those of you um what's your instagram for people
1: uh travel underscore Larry, i think oh, we'll get. i'll put um, it in the show notes yeah yeah for sure i don't have many i should probably should be i'm not that active on instagram or facebook hmm. i need to get the equipment like i need to get kitted out like you so i can start you know documenting I should be documenting a lot of the shit I do. But you've been doing a lot better um, on
0: stories and that's where I get freaked out. Yeah, yeah. Because on the stories, like you'll see Insta stories? Yeah, Insta stories, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, on Instagram. Yeah. Um Yeah. Don't worry for guys, I'll, I'll be I'll put it in the uh, in the yeah, intro cool. uh, yeah, in the YouTube description I'll put where you guys can follow on Instagram. Mm. I think it's the Larry yeah, like underscore travel. Yeah, somehow. So I'll get it anyway. Yeah. But anyways. You know, when you, when you go overseas, you're not just chilling by the pool. Mm. You're hopping on a motorbike and traveling across the country.
1: Uh, yeah, pretty much. Well, it depends, it depends what's going on in my life or uh, I just play things by ear. Um, it, it's like people that go to the gym and they're like, I need to do arms this day. I need to do legs. And I just listen to my body. I just, you know, what I want to do. Same with traveling. If I want to sit by, if I want to get a hotel and sit by the pool, I'm quite happy to do that. But I also, it just depends on my mood, you know. Um, I I love the freedom of Asia Mm. the freedom of Asia is especially with the Australian dollar right now is real shit but it's still pretty good you can go overseas and live like a king Mm. I mean and you know getting a scooter for the day for four dollars and getting on a scooter getting my getting my uh, little backpack putting it on my back and then just driving across the island and, and just going to a beach or then after that I'll go go to a bar and sip on a cocktail by the beach meet new people it's just it's um, it's the freedom.
0: Now, yeah, good segue because you just mentioned mm. people here. You yeah. have you have told me some stories about the girls you have met, yeah, uh, along these travels, and A few so-
1: nutcases out there,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if A few nutcases. But in general, though, let's start wide. Mm. Let's start wide. What has it been like, especially for a lot of listeners of this podcast mm. that are guys that are working on their romantic side of their temple? Yeah. What have you learned about women? What have you learned about girls through these travels?
1: Um, I think um, one thing that is very attractive is uh, just, just being a man, um, just a, a man that has a purpose, you know, like a man that's, that I, I think women find that very attractive, you know, someone that's going around traveling, doing their own thing. Um, that in itself is is attractive, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think being a man, once you've figured out what you want to do in life, and to be honest, I've, right now I have no idea what I'm going to do in terms of a career. It's scary, but I, it's another tangent. But I just want to be happy with my life, you know. And I think you having a figuring out your life, what you want to do, or having having a vision, or that's really attractive, you know. Someone that lives their life is, is an attractive trait to have, you know. Mm. So it's, it's not all about being a good-looking guy, someone who goes to the gym all the time, which is an important necessity to have. Mm. But someone who has who goes around um, doing just having a purpose is very attractive, yeah.
0: Yeah, for yeah. sure. And you said something really just honest there. Yeah. Which when you said, hey, listen, I don't have it figured out right now. Yeah. I'm still working out what I want to be doing. Mm. And that's what's so impressive about your story. Yeah, that as someone who's experienced so much of life, mm. like when I think about Roy, think about Ra, <laughs> you're in that top, not even 5%. You're like the, if not a, barring a couple other people I know, mm. when I think about the people that I know that have experienced life, yeah. that actually have, and this is something I talk about, the difference between potential reality mm. and actual reality. Yeah. Like when you live life in your head, mm. that's potential reality. Mm. You haven't actually experienced anything when you see that girl and you think about what it might be like to go speak to her. Yeah. Nah, nah not today, <laughs> right? Oh, I could get to could, take a piss. So as I'll soon get... as
1: you think about it, as soon as you even think about, even just think about the concept of approaching, it's done. Yeah, you are. Right. Because then you get the thoughts in your head going, fuck, she's on her phone. She's. Now she's 30 meters away. Okay, now she's 50 meters away. Um yeah, it's you, a dark It's spiral. not normal. It's like jumping into the Antarctic Ocean into freezing cold water. Mm-hmm. You, it's easy. You could probably say now, yeah, I can do that because it's actually pretty hot at the moment. But that takes a lot of balls to just jump into the freezing cold water. It's like approaching a girl, you know, because you're like, fuck, what's if she does this? What's if she tells me to fuck off? What's if she's in a rush? Or, But if you just go for it, you know. Yeah. As it's really cliche, like Nike, just just do it. But it's a very
0: and that's what I was speaking of do there, it, yeah. Which is that? Uh, well, I was uh, <laughs> I was telling I was going on the story of some kind, but it's the point of yeah. what I was saying was that in terms of experiencing life, but, oh, yeah. that's right, potential reality versus actual reality, is that potential reality is not actually living. Yeah, and that so many guys and so many girls that receive messages from that I talk to that mm. I just see that I know, you know, people from high school, people mm. from previous uh, work occupations Mm. they talk about the lives they want to live yeah they talk about what they would like to be doing yeah and while everyone has their own journey what you know for that person especially because i have real ties and real connections (coughs) to people like you who Mm. are in the other camp that have Mm. just a treasure chest of Mm. actual reality behind them in which that You've been in the army for four years. You've done crazy shit in there. Yeah, you you were in the, involved in operations of stopping the boats coming over uh, to yeah, Australia. Yeah, yeah. There's all this stuff. And but then you spent a whole year traveling after that, going around all these different countries. And mm. you, and you, we haven't even you haven't really told any crazy stories from the travelings. But I know there's some I'll shit. I'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. I know there's some <laughs> shit like <laughs> where like, you have been on death's door, where you've been sleeping out in fields and you yeah. and like near death situations. Yeah. And that, to me, is the essence of life. Mm. And that when you said, I honestly don't know what I want to do right now, yeah. that to me is perfect. Mm. Because at least you've actually lived life up until this point. Yeah, yeah. How many people do you and I know that at that point right now, where mm. I don't know what I want to do, but mm. they're and they're 25, 26, mm. but they've spent the last six years working at the quickie mart.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, to be honest with you, the next six months, I might actually be doing that. I might actually be working in a quickie or not literally, but a job I don't want to do. Because I, I honestly don't know what I want to do in my life. But what well, I do, but I don't, I know I want to keep traveling, you know, hmm. and I want to I just conquer the world. I want to go to every country in the world and, and li- literally go to everywhere. And to do that, you need money. Um, and you know, I might have to just grind it out for six months, you know, working a job that I don't really want to do. But I know after that, if I can manage my money, um, there's there's people out there that don't know how to manage their money. You know, it's just simple simple stuff like that. And once I've got a figure in my mind, there's a figure amount of money I want to make. Once I've done that, I'm going to go travel again for six months a year, however long that may be, until my money dries up again.
0: But, but see, there's a big difference between yeah. what you just said and what I was talking about. Yeah, what you just said was I'm going to work so yeah. that I can continue to live the life that I want to live and explore and adventure yeah. and journey. When I mentioned the person who's been working at the quickie mart for the last six years, mm. I'm not... They're sitting on that money. Mm. They're sitting on that money. They don't want to live... like Because they. We all, mm. we all have that. And that's what I'm talking about. they have make people. the decision. Yeah. yeah. And I'm not talking about people... And of course, when I say the quickie mart, that could be any uh, safe environment. It's not necessarily right. an actual uh, 7-Eleven. But... <laughs> What I'm talking about is because uh, Mikel and I yeah. um, on the first guest on this pod back on 81, yeah, we talked about this a lot mm. about because his journey is the one very similar to and you guys share such the same spirit.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't mind meeting him actually. It'd be cool. From Adelaide, yeah, Mick, shout out, yeah, yeah, yeah. shout out to Vic. He's right. in Bali now, so but he's in Bali, yeah, yeah, Mick's a firecracker. <laughs>
0: yeah, uh, you guys share the same spirit, and this is something that I have. Common around all the people that I get around. Mm. It's the spirit of what you were talking about that, Mm. regardless of, and this is where I want to make a clear separation just in case people got confused there. Yeah. That I'm not talking about people that are having, you having to do something right now that maybe you're not in love with. Yeah. But you have an end idea. Yeah. And even if that idea is that I just need to go experience more of life,
1: Mm.
0: that to me, at least personally, Mm. is better. Than to just be going through the humdrum of life, just floating around the nine yeah. to five like an absolute jellyfish, yeah. With no idea of what you want to get out of life, the
1: matrix. Yeah, you got to have some sort of a goal. Um, yeah, it, just, just remember that we're gonna we're all gonna die soon, like, and you're gonna be gone forever. This is deep shit, but you're gonna die. You're gonna be gone forever. You don't know when your time's up. You could die. This sounds really cliche, but you could die in the next few months. You could die. Uh, in a few years, you can find decades. You just don't know. When your time's up, it's not mm. a receipt. You can't go, oh fuck. Yeah. Like in your, um, there's no returns in on your life. video you did. you know, like this exact quote you said, like fuck, I should have done that. I should have. Mm. Yeah, it's it's true, you know. And it's it's scary, like to go to a foreign place you've never been by yourself, and you're like, am I gonna get jumped? Am, am I gonna get scammed? You, you don't know what's gonna happen. It's exciting, but it's scary. Mm. But a lot of people are, are comfortable, um, not just not pushing themselves and i think it's a big mistake especially being a man mm-hmm. I, I feel as it, as a man like you should be able, you should be continuously pushing yourself you know and going and i think being a, even being a human it's in our dna to go on an adventure you know like yeah isn't that, like yeah like think about 240 years ago when uh james cook and all these boys were just like um <laughs> all right let's just go let's go sailing and they came across a continent you know australia that's 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 some heavy shit, you know.
0: That, those people were crazy. Yeah. yeah. From from England, right? They used to their 3 p.m. tea and biscuits. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they decide we're just gonna go find shit.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. And now now we have the internet, and um, especially being in Australia, we have a uh, you know good, like decent money. We make good money here. We have the ability to just travel. It's it's so easy to book a flight and. Um, you just got to make that, make that decision, you know, and people are like, oh fuck, I wish I could do that, but i got work and I've got a missus and well, you're going to have to make some sacrifices, which a lot of people aren't willing to, aren't willing to make. So,
0: Is that something you've learned a lot about since you left high school? Sacrifices?
1: Yeah. Well, and I keep going back to the army, but that was, that was a huge sacrifice, you know? Yeah. But, um, I think as you get older, you get not even getting older, but the more you experience, you, you become more wiser, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you got to sacrifice some things in order to, I think, I think being a man, you know, you see guys that they get into relationships and they don't necessarily want to be in and they do jobs that they don't, don't want to be in, but you're going to, you're going to have to make a, a sacrifice or a decision, you know, Yeah. Uh, for the better, for the better. Yeah.
0: And now speaking of relationships, yeah. being, cause you're the same age as man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, didn't, we didn't really explain the backstory of our relationship that well, other yeah. than that we were tied at the hip. Mm. But for those that, just to give a little backstory here. <laughs> to the degree of which Roy and I know each other, uh, no one in this world probably knows me better than Roy, at least in the yeah. absolute details and micro of everything.
1: Yeah, Lucas and me for sure,
0: yeah. yeah oh, yeah, my brother, yeah, yeah. of course, <laughs> other than my own family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so, uh, you know, we were on the come up together and we, mm. we know each other quite intimately. Mm. And so we're, and the reason why I'm, I'm, we brought this up, the re- what I really was wanting, trying to say was that you were a year ahead of me in school, but yeah. we're actually the same age.
1: Yeah, same year, yeah, uh, five months apart, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're April, I'm August, Yeah, yeah. we're both 25, so yeah. anyways, back on relationships, <coughs> being a 25-year-old guy, because I've been speaking about this with all the previous guests, just mm. make sure that's oh, facing yeah, towards you, there yeah, you go, cool. um, with all the guests that have coming on, I want to dive into where they're at in terms of relationships at the age they're at, yeah. because for myself personally, this is a point of interest <coughs> that I've been finding in my own journey that your needs and desires change as you go through different stages of life. Absolutely. And that might not necessarily look like what society paints it. Mm. So I talked about this with Mikel and how he's an entrepreneur. He's um, he's, uh, he's either 29 or he's 30 now. I think he's 30. And uh, he was talking very candidly about how even on our podcast, he was saying, even though I know, in my mind right now, is saying to me, Adam, don't say this, Adam. Uh, Don't Mm. say this to Adam. People won't think you're a man because he was telling me how now on his entrepreneurial journey, yeah, he's like, I just don't need to be with a girl right now. I don't yeah, need yeah. one girl right now, and that took a lot of authenticity for him to come out with that, which is what I loved. Yeah, and so I be I did that with Belku and uh, and with Delexis. Just this raw honesty is what this potto is about. Mm. So being uh, you know as the uh, as the uh, the teens would say, Roy, you're <laughs> such, a, such a player.
1: You're such
0: a player boy. You're a player boy. <laughs>
1: Which I'm not, completely opposite. But yeah. <laughs> That's a whole different topic, but yeah. Yeah,
0: it's uh, such a player. <laughs> um, where are you at right now in terms of relationships and how you view where you want to be in a relationship, uh, and just your relationship with women in general, yeah. at this stage in life?
1: Yeah, well, I haven't been in a relationship for a very long time. I'm in one at the moment, just recent. We'll see how it goes. I'm not going to get too in depth about that, but, um, I, th- I think, um, yeah, don't need the color of eyes, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, some people want to get into a relationship. Some people don't, it depends on the person and, and all that. But, um, I, I, I think a lot of baggage comes with it. Um, especially for someone like myself who likes to travel a lot. Hmm. Um, just a lot of, a lot of baggage that comes with it. Um, like what? Well, you're overseas in another, another country and you're trying to balance a relationship. You're like, fuck, is this going to work? Um, even in terms of your career, you know, um, when you, you, you know, you're trying to, let's say, make a figure in, in work. If, like, I've been playing poker the last year, you know, which is, which has been really great. But if, if I have a relationship and something's not going well, that's going to affect my performance at the tables, um, stuff like that. Mm. Uh, it, it, it just depends. There's some guys that like being in a relationship. They like that. They might meet the one, you know. Um, but I, I believe being a man, you should go about your own journey. And I, th- I think relationships are great, but... Um I guess it just
0: depends. It depends what you want out of life, I guess. Well, I'm I can't really sp- you yeah. more about you personally. Yeah. Don't worry about other people. Yeah, true. I'm just talking about where you're at as a 25-year-old dude in 2018.
1: Yeah, I think um, being single is really good. Yeah. But when you're single, you're like, some guy's like, fuck, I wish I had a girlfriend. And Because when you're single, you can you can pretty much, um, you can see whoever you want. There's, there's, it's, that's what's so good about it. You can see whoever you want. You can see uh, m- multiple women, mm. which that comes across as being a playboy, but it's not. Because a, a player comes across as someone who lies, mm-hmm. um, which I'm, you know, I'm definitely don't lie or any of that shit. But um, someone who you know, if you're single, you can see who you want, um, no strings attached, uh, and just be honest with them. You know, like um, I'm traveling, um, we can hang out. But in terms of a relationship, I just wouldn't want to go down that track. But mm-hmm. I, I think I think being a being a young man, it's it's important to um, be adventurous. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah. Now you. What you were just talking about there is, for my hardcore listeners, yeah. they'll be resonating with them, <clears throat> direct, congruent, authentic. Mm. Like if you just listen to what you just said there, mm. it's like seeing multiple women yeah. doesn't necessarily automatically make you a dickhead.
1: Society says, you're a scum, man. you're a playboy, but actually you just yeah. going about
0: life, you know? And this is how this is the things that I work with my clients in on day in and day out, yeah. which is that, listen, setting up open and casual relationships, mm. no doubt that is the point of inception for all relationships mm. in the sense that no guy in my opinion yeah. or girl girl or guy yeah. should be entering a relationship when mm. they first meet someone going yeah I mm. want to lock this person down oh. before you even know them oh. right and this person's going to make me because yeah. all these all these needy mentalities start to come in all of this mm. externally dependent based Downward Dark Sticky I refer to it as Toxic mindsets yeah. Come in with that Yeah Now because it's the Disney fairy tale mm, oh. Right It's painted <laughs> in a different way Yeah But yeah. If you can start off Every relationship With going well Let's get to know each other first Yeah for sure Right Let's not lock each other down Because What does that say I don't need you mm. And you shouldn't need me
1: mm. And if
0: you are in a place in life Where you feel like You need someone else To make you Yeah Then I'm not entirely sure That you should be in that relationship With that person
1: Yeah I think be, being a man, you need to have value. And today I see a lot of guys that they don't have value
0: because
1: mm. their missus is completely controlling them, um, stuff like that. And they're like, oh, I, I want to. I know some people, you know, and they're like, oh, g- got to go home. And the missus is calling or she's just completely wrapped around the finger, which a lot of women like to do. Yeah. They like to control a guy and, you know, have him wrapped around his little finger. Um, especially for women they need to get they need to settle down have kids uh, genetically earlier than men do Mm. Um, and I think it's so important to have value being a man it's and I I don't see it I don't see many guys now who have value that hold that value you know Mm -hmm. hold the power because it's in today's society a lot of girls um, control guys which is Mm. and you you know you try to tell some of these guys that and they're just they're just I don't know in the mentality of like Mm -hmm. If if she leaves me, then my life's over and yeah. shit like that, which is a real bad men- mentality to have. Being a man, you got to be a man, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: It's uh, that. What you just said there is something I made a video on about two weeks ago mm. about how I received about four or five DMs within the same week of all these mm. guys saying, oh, "We're just extremely needy, extremely yeah. needy." And oh, it's real bad. I, I, I yeah. want to just I want to paint something here for context because yeah. what you just said there. Um, especially for my female listeners mm. <clears throat> what's important about what roy just said when he <laughs> said that women like to wrap uh guys around their finger and yeah what's important about that is that that's not to say and at least from my perspective
1: mm.
0: i don't blame women for doing that yeah because if a guy is not going to have values if he's not going to be direct congruent authentic mm. she has no choice but to do that
1: yeah it's All a right? test
0: yeah, and if you yeah. don't pass that, and so when I'm, that's why I have really no sympathy for guys that are in long term relationships. Mm. Like I have empathy because I can understand the journey they're going through. Mm. But I'm never going to sit there and say, "Oh, it's okay what you're doing." Yeah, that you allow this girl to walk all over you, and vice versa, it's not okay if in the vice as well. In mm. the opposite, don't get attached to uh, genders here. But in any relationship, this is a life principle mm. that you should always maintain your power to walk away
1: yeah absolutely if,
0: if you lose your power to walk away and you give that up oh. you have no power yeah if your partner senses that oh no matter how i treat this person mm. i treat this guy like a piece of shit mm. i can yeah i can whip him in to put him in the whippy van <laughs> right a lot of guys are in that, <laughs> van. They're They're in right that now. van right now They're down the freeway going beep beep in sixth gear <laughs> meep, meep. <Yeah. laughs>
1: meaning they don't have a life outside of their relationship huh. that's Whipped, you know,
0: whipped and that they're it. not willing to explore because of that. Yeah, you know, it's and I just want to paint the perspective here that it goes both ways. Mm. That it's not, uh it's not this. The women aren't to blame for it. Men aren't to blame for it. It's yeah. on the individual level. Yeah, that if you don't have principles, if you aren't willing to show someone, hey, if you're not treating me right, the door's right there. and Catch you later. Yeah, I'll see you. Yeah, right. If you don't have that, and as you said before, you don't have value. Yeah, value. That's the word yeah and you're not showing that up and that's a really big thing that I've been mm. uh, going in hard on lately yeah it's making p- sure people just they build that yeah
1: but some people get misconcerned like they get the feeling that you you got to be a dick it's not being a uh, being a cock. it's just being just being a man and, and going about your journey your own way and uh, if if it's having value is huge you know I see some guys and they have they have no value at all Uh, uh girls completely taking advantage of them or Fucking him around or even just, you know, uh, what they would classify as not cheating. Like I would like kissing another guy or something and they take them back and just shit like that. It's like, that's fucked. Like Mm -hmm. I tell you what, if some, if I was going out with someone and they weren't going out, but if I was in a relationship with someone and she did that, I'd be on the horse immediately. I'd be like, catch her later. But there's a lot of guys that they don't, oh, they just, Mm -hmm. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they've got a vagina or they're just... It's just, it's, it's really sad to see actually guys, um, have no, that have no value and getting completely controlled by a girl. It's really being a man and seeing that it's just, well, oh, it's not good.
0: One of the great perspective checks is mm. for guys that might be listening to this going, well, I'm listening to these two speak about this. And that mm. sounds a lot like me. Yeah. One of the things I always check myself with yeah. and I check my clients with is, are you the type of person you want your son to be? Hmm. Think about it. Yeah. The way you think, the way you act. <coughs> if you saw your son doing this, mm. would you approve of it? Yeah. If you saw your son getting whipped. Good way, that's actually a very
1: good way of putting it. Yeah. Okay? Or if mm. in the
0: vice versa, if mm. you saw your son treating women poorly, mm. right? Fucking them around, yeah, not yeah. being direct, not being congruent, not being authentic. Mm. and But it's a result of, well, this is how I act. Mm. And because your son Role model, yeah It's going to learn from you Yeah, absolutely And that's just one of my favorite perspectives In That's really macro as well That's like Mm. really wide out principles Mm. But even in the micro When you just bitch out of doing things You know you need to do Yeah And uh, shout out to D Shout out to Delexis Because in one of our calls together I hit him with this Yeah When he was dealing with some addiction based stuff And I'm not going to go into the personals of it
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure But,
0: you know But I hit him with this I go Mm at the end of the day, man, are you the type of person you want your son to be? Yeah. And for me, that's been something that I've got a few of these things where the 70 year old mindset, whenever mm-hmm. I'm confused about where I want to go in life or what I want to do in life. Yeah. I always just check myself with if my 7 year old self was sitting next to me right now, what would he be saying to me? Yeah. Because that gives you perspective, long-term perspective. For sure. Same thing here with your son. Yeah. It's like that checks you on. It's, and when I receive messages, mm. messages from guys that are just, they're dealing with this neediness that we're talking about here. They mm. don't have these principles. Yeah. yeah. I think if this guy was just to sit down and say to himself, based on what he just told me, yeah. would he want his son thinking this way? Yeah. That's a
1: real good way of putting it. Yeah.
0: The answer is most likely no. Mm. Right, It's most likely oh hell no, because this is weak minded. Mm. This is value less. This is going to cause me to enter a deeper, darker spiral. Yeah. So the snowball, yeah. Let me do that opposite, let me flip that around. Yeah. yeah I think that's really important. Hmm. And uh at the end of the day, if there's anything that anyone could have got from this conversation between you and I, mm. I feel like you talk about being a man a lot.
1: Yeah, it's very important. Yeah, very important.
0: And what you think that means is I mean, please elaborate if I'm because I'm as always I always wrap up Potters with a summary. Mm. But I feel like when you talk about what a man is, yeah. really what you said and was a key word is the spirit of adventure. Yeah. Is that fair to say?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, just sit down and just write down, don't even write down just what, what do you like doing and just go and do that shit, you know? And like traveling is what I want to do. I want to do it forever. And, and But the thing is you need money to do that. But I'm still trying to figure it out. But I, I, I know... I know what I want to do in my life. You yeah. I know what makes me happy. You know, there you go. I think that's very important. Yeah.
0: There you go. Yeah. You know what makes you happy? For sure. That's yeah. Important. So guys, I think that's where we're going to wrap this up. Yeah. So as I like to do here at the end. well, oh, who even knows? is the fourth. You're the fourth guest on, so we don't mm. even have a, what we like to do. But you know, it's a bit different because Roy and I know each other so well. Mm. It's not like I'm now running through my mind of times where i've watched videos of him or Mm. heard him speak at different things like with the other guests Mm. really it's just that i know that throughout our journey together you've always been the person that i can come to and talk about the deepest shit with yeah i can tell you about what's going wrong or not going wrong but when i'm struggling Mm. when i'm genuinely don't know the crossroads or whatever it is yeah deep shit's going down and uh it's
1: good to have those people in your life that are on the same wavelength you know there you go. People you can relate to and, and and talk about and not you know be judged or anything. Well, I don't know why you'd want to have a friend that you know judges, but oh, people it's, it's, too. Yeah, but it's good to it's good to have a someone that can you know put put you in the line and tell you know their thoughts and shit about stuff. Absolutely, yeah, so the company yeah. you keep, man. Yeah, the
0: company you keep, and so I've always been so grateful to have you in my life. Mm. And, yeah, thank you. You too. And even even when you went to the army and you were away mm. for those four years, yeah. You know, that's a sh- it's a small number to say. Mm. It's a small number to say uh, you were gone for four years. But f- mm. for those, in re- when you flip that perspective, and we've you know we went so deep. And I'm so thankful that you were able to share those stories and go into people what yeah, that four yeah. years was like for you. Yeah. And for me, the number one thing that I got from you being away for four years mm. was that I had to learn to grow up on my own. Yeah. Now I, I had Matt and I had Jordan, mm. but of course I didn't know them on the same level that I knew you, mm. and that was the beginning of my journey. Of, in the same way that you were going on your journey from evolving from a boy to a man, yeah. and you were beginning that, I had to do the same because <laughs> I used to rely on you a lot because we were like this. Mm. Right? We, mm. we had so much. And, like, like, when I say like this, I'm crossing my fingers to people in the potter. Mm. What that means is that I can still remember your home phone number to today. Yeah. Right?
1: I think I'm just trying to, I still remember yours double three two double one
0: seven three eight three six one three five six yeah Boom. still
1: got that number by the way hey. I'm pretty sure it's still got the home the landline which is pretty sad
0: which is uh, the house has been demolished now so you couldn't even call that number even, yeah you do it yeah yeah, that's what I mean, when mm. we, how tight we were, right? Yeah, yeah. And so when you went away for those four years, it was a, it was an integral part of my mm. having to let go because mm. you, you were a safety for me. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I really started to go hard in the other direction of, well, I've just got to try shit as well. Yeah. So while you went off on your journey, I went off on my journey. Mm. It just goes to show that if you have the company that you keep and the company that you keep mm. is deep. Mm. and that you build that level of trust and you go through things with with people Mm. that it stands the test of time Mm. and I'm really grateful to have uh, you in my life yeah and to have been able to learn through you and I know we're sitting down on a podcast right now but you know we talk shit Mm. we talk shit all all day long and you know you can go away for 12 months Mm. and we don't see each other for 12 months Mm. yet when we go out onto uh, Lygon Street in Melbourne we sit down for a...
1: Just back to it, yeah.
0: It's like anything. It's yeah. like back to the day. And Yeah, yeah. So I've just been so grateful to have you in my life and yeah, appreciate to be able to that. come here and share with this. And of course, we're going to get this many times over. Yeah, yeah. Many times over.
1: Yeah, but I think being an adult, you have a lot of responsibilities. Um, you know, And there's responsibilities I don't like, but I think having close friends you can talk to is very important, especially being a man because men, men don't like to talk about about uh shit you know it's important and uh suicide is a horrible thing but in men it's it's quite common unfortunately yeah um In even in the defense force you know there's a few people that did that and i think uh being a man and being friends it's important to talk about shit yeah um absolutely. very important to talk about shit yeah absolutely and then if because if, if you've got a problem and you don't know if you talk to a friend then you can start you know how can we fix this you can actually start talking about it and figuring out what it is sometimes you just need someone to talk to and you know, i think it's um it, ta- it takes balls to fucking come out And like this is the shit's going on But if you have a close friend It makes it a lot easier yeah. To get shit off your chest Yeah
0: But Yeah So that's where we're gonna wrap this up guys And I don't know his Instagram tag Off my heart right now Yeah we'll chuck it up there However yeah. on YouTube In the description It'll be down below I'm sure on the outro Because on the audio version of this mm. I have an outro That doesn't go on YouTube Okay And uh, on intro as well So I'll link it up there That's cool. where they can find more about you Thank you very much And that's where we Will wrap this shit up much peace and much joy. Yes. See ya. Ciao. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving in with Roy and I. It was an absolute time, and we're definitely going to get it again. Now, I forgot what his Instagram handle was during the actual episode. So for those of you now, you can follow him on Instagram at travel thelarrikan underscore travel. It'll also be in the show notes and it'll also be in the YouTube description. Now this tasty episode brought to you by baldoja.com where you guys can pick up that ebook, book one-on-one, Skype coaching, and also dive in for deep immersive boot camps all on baldoja.com. So the guests keep rolling, the high consciousness keeps rolling, the good times keep rolling. And I just thank you guys for being along this journey with me so much. I really appreciate your feedback. So please drop me a comment down below if you're on YouTube. Send me a DM on Instagram at Tang one Send me an email at baldoja.com. I'd really love that feedback just to know what you guys are feeling from this stuff And if there's stuff you would like me to dive in more with guests or whatever anything and anything I appreciate it all. And I wish you guys the best in your journey. Much peace and much joy Ciao. Ja.